Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and go ahead and put on this innocuous bangle. It won't do anything bad, I promise. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts, Unchained Key, and Key Back Cover. Yes, I'm Sam. I'm Chirithy. Hi, Chirithy. <laughs> I'm also Chirithy. Hi, Chirithy. I forgot. Hi, Chirithy. Hi, Chirithy. We've got our first, but not our last, conversation between two Chirithys talking to each other. I'm hoping we get a third Chirithy in there just to spice stuff up. Oh, I don't know if that ever happens, but if it does, we're in big trouble. Because <laughs> I've got in my notes, I've got Chirithy A talking to Chirithy B, and then later there's a conversation between two Chirithys again, and I'm like, Chirithy C and Chirithy D? There's, well, is Chirithy D for Chirithy dead? Oh no. Spoilers. Spoilers for five minutes from now. Well, that's 20 minutes from now. Uh-oh, uh-oh, it's time for the Apology of the Week. Uh-oh! I said last time that the Dream Drop Distance intro does not have pop-up book stuff going on. It does! Oh! It's Sora, Riku, and Kairi on the Destiny Islands as a pop-up book. And now that we have seen in this game that the Book of Prophecies is depicted as a pop-up book, we were talking about how that intro has pages fluttering around. It seems mm-hmm. like it's pretty safe to say that that intro is all about the Book of Prophecies. And and we're starting to see Chirithes, which are apparently Dream Eaters, and they say the word nightmare in this section. So yeah. there, is, there is some sort of connection between going into dreams and the Book of Prophecies, it would appear. And also the Book of Prophecies, I don't think there is a single reference made to it in the entirety of that game, which makes it very interesting that that's what the intro is. I think, and I don't know the answer to this, but... I think that that's meant to be a little clue that Xehanort has a copy of the Book of Prophecies and that that's how he did all of his scheming and plotting because he knew exactly what was going to happen and when, which would also imply that the Master's eye was present on the islands watching the children, which is extremely creepy. Yeah, I mean, I guess, well, he, well, I thought, I thought we already knew that he kind of knew stuff because he, he sat there as a sack watching them for years. And then also he time traveled himself and that's how he knows stuff that's going to happen. I guess you could Maybe. also have the Book of Prophecies. Maybe. That could that could be all that it is. But the the fact that the Book of Prophecies seems relevant to the intro makes me Well I've got I've got my creepy blue eye on you, Master of Masters and Xehanort. Would Sack Xehanort Sackinort would would he have a copy of his keyblade with the eye on it? I don't think he would. I don't think that he does. He never is seen using a keyblade in that form. Yeah, right. Does, it and certainly raises some questions if that is what they were trying to imply there. Does Ansem in a body use his keyblade, or does he use a different? No, so he uses a different sword, right? He uses something that's more like what Riku had. Yeah, he uses Riku's Soul Eater. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then hmm. did did Zen does Zenmus use Zenmus has something different too, right? Or he's he got a, lightsabers. He's got lights. Yeah, that's right. He's got no. It's the power of the void or whatever. Yeah, which for some reason manifests as literally red lightsabers. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to be the only time we talk about Star Wars this time, I think, because there's, there's a lot of Star Wars going on here mm-hmm. again. There's always a lot of Star Wars going on, and we definitely have even more Star Wars going on. Yeah. Anyway, that's the Apology of the Week. Uh, this brings us to... Uh-oh, uh-oh, it's the Apology of the Week number two. I fucked up twice this time. <laughs> Uh, well, I wouldn't know. How to Train Your Dragon is not in oh. this game. I don't know why I thought that. I don't know. You know, you said it, and I, I could believe it. God, well, here's... A lot of weird shit happens in Gacha games. Here's what really confuses me. Yeah. Is that 
I am like so sure that I read that there were How to Train Your Dragons medals in Unchained Key to the point that I'm like, no, I remember seeing that there was a medal of the character Hiccup. And the reason mm-hmm. that I'm so sure that I must have seen that somewhere is that I've never seen that movie. There's no other reason for me to know that character's name. So I definitely saw something. Maybe someone posted lies on the wiki. I really have no idea. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe DreamWorks beamed uh, How to Train Your Dragon into your brain, Havana Syndrome style. That's what I think is the most likely explanation. Yeah, we definitely need to talk to Congress about that. Yeah, we probably need to get you like a lot of money. To- <laughs> we probably, maybe if I had enough money, I could put it around my head and block out the lasers. That might that might do it. And then I can finally be an ambassador. We definitely shouldn't send you to therapy. That would be wrong. <laughs> we just should give you some money, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, uh, believe it or not, that's all the apologies that I have this week. Yeah. I'll have to apologize to Havana Syndrome uh, people next week. Survivors. <laughs> when the when the research comes out and says that it actually was a laser weapon the whole time. Yeah, it, it was actually caused by DreamWorks uh, beaming out of Train Your Dragon <laughs> into our soldiers' brains and our ambassadors' brains in Cuba. Oh my god, you know what, though? The people who have talked about having Havana Syndrome, they all said, like, it's like this, this like unbearable buzzing sound in my head. It could just be... B Barry B Benson. Oh shit, yeah. DreamWorks is beaming B movie into their heads. Did they make B movie? They mu- there's no way that that's not a DreamWorks film. Could it be an Illumination film though? No. Well, this is good. I'm glad we're talking about this. It's a DreamWorks movie. Okay, you're safe. Good. Yeah, well okay, we cracked it. Um not even a crackpot corner, just a um a truth. Hmm. <laughs> This is where, yeah, people people don't expect to come to Sounds About Light to learn the truth about Havana Syndrome. Yeah, this <laughs> you got the crackpot corner, and you welcome to our truth tower. It's, <laughs> it's the, the part of the truth tower is Havana Syndrome is DreamWorks be, beaming B movie <laughs> into ambassadors' heads. It's hard to say beaming B movie, huh? It is hard to do. Your mouth doesn't want to do it. No, um, boy, I guess we should talk about this game. Oh, right, there was a game. Yeah. Uh, we begin uh, on a, a very fateful day as Chirithi tells Dennis that he's doing great, but you mm-hmm. know what could help you get even more jacked is this power bangle. What was really funny is like when this scene happened, I was like, um, why the fuck are we getting a thing about upgrades? And I was like, well, hmm, this must be a plot critical power bangle. And boy, was <laughs> I correct. <laughs> this is the power bangle that leads to the fucking apocalypse or something. Yeah. 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 Did you? I, God, I don't want to spend too much time talking about how Kingdom Hearts Union Cross and Unchained Key uh, looks like that. The it fucking. Look like that. When the character puts on the power bangle and poses heroically with a completely neutral face, it looks <laughs> so, so, so stupid. It doesn't, it doesn't help that. Our Dennis has like a crown on and is constantly sparkling. Yeah. So I don't know what the crown is. The crown, uh, I think in like Kingdom Hearts 2 final mix, you can like get increasingly ornate crowns by like getting a higher percent completion or something. I I don't remember what it is. I don't care. Uh, But yeah, like people who have like 100% uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, Sora is wearing a crown. So I think that this is a callback to that. 
Uh, the sparkly keyblades, this actually is worth talking about because it will come up in the plot in Kingdom Hearts 3. Wow. Uh, these games introduce the concept of powering up your keyblade. So each keyblade has like a series of designs as it gets stronger and stronger. And yeah, because the person that we are watching who has recorded this footage, Demo, of course, uh, has played a whole lot of this game, we will exclusively be looking at over-the-top sparkly keyblades that are, frankly, very distracting. <laughs> distracting and kind of ugly. Um, yeah, I mean, I've gone on record. I like when they look simple. I don't like these. I don't like the maxed-out ones. Thankfully, that doesn't carry forward to Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, the, the ones that look like metal band, like... <laughs> <laughs> logos i'm not as into those generally <laughs> anyway uh so chirithi explains that the bangle can be used to strengthen your metals and we get a little tutorial that we're not going to talk about because who cares uh chirithi says that it's a it's a gift all you have to do in return is just wear it when you go out on missions and chirithi says goodbye and disappears and then another chirithi appears in the background and goes huh yeah yeah and like Basically, this is a scene that I probably would think nothing of, except for I know that we're watching the only the plot critical. That's right. Like, <laughs> like um, cut scene. So I'm like, oh well, that's an evil bangle, I guess. And seemingly, and the Chirithi who arrives at the end of the scene feels like something's up. I have to assume that that's our Chirithi. Yeah, we had Nightmare Chirithi doing doing evil bangle <laughs> shenanigans, and then real Chirithi shows up afterward. You know, we talked about uh, last time how it feels like a lot of what's going on is that the Master of Masters intentionally engineered a situation to, like, pit people against each other in conflict. The Chirithis all being completely indistinguishable from each other, I think, is a really good example of that. I, I think I'm entirely right, and that's what's going on, because if that's not what's going on, none of this makes any goddamn sense. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny that, partially because I don't remember the answer for sure, but I think that you're right. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's a pretty... I mean, he's just doing foundation, basically, I think. Well, actually, no, foundation, they don't do that. I guess foundation is they know it's going to end, so they set up stuff for later. What's Foundation? Foundation is an Isaac Asimov like story okay. about like civilization collapsing, and so these people set up like a thing, the Foundation, so that that like will help us help civilization come back faster after the collapse. Okay, because they, okay. they know the collapse is coming. So I think he's doing that part, but I think he's also accelerating the the collapse. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe to have it collapse in a way that isn't as bad. He's building a foundation while planting C4 all over <laughs> the existing structure. Well, I think I think it kind of makes sense. I think it's like, I think basically he's like, well, I know people are going to be greedy and fight over light and like cause this to happen. But like, if I can ha make it happen in the right way, maybe it can be better next time. Uh-huh. Yeah. The right way for the world to end. Yeah. Actually, knows yeah. I, I actually think that's what's happening. He knows what he's doing. He does. Uh we get a little bit of narration that I believe was uh, inserted by Demo, explaining that uh, all the wielders, parentheses players, have been given a bangle by a Chirithi that they believe to be their own. They all find themselves getting stronger, but the forces of darkness are getting stronger as well. Hmm. Uh, this part is kind of weird. I, d I don't fully understand what's going on here, where Dennis, like, meets three other Keybladers who, like, kind of seem rude and standoffish, but then they actually aren't, and they say, do you want to go on a mission together? Yeah. 
I don't really remember why that was happening. I think that we're sort of establishing that Dennis is lonely. I think that that's kind of what's going on here. Got it. Okay. Now we get the scene. Hi, Cherithy. Hi, Cherithy. Hi, Cherithy. How's your wielder doing? Oh, not too good. How about you? Oh, pretty all right. Great. Bye, Cherithy. It feels like a fucking, uh, I feel like I'm in Chaden Hall in Oblivion, just walking up to the townspeople and they're like, how's it going? Not bad. How are you? I saw a mud crab. Horrible. Bye. Get out of my face. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. It's very much that, but apparently this is important. Yes. uh, One of the Chirithes says that uh, its wielder is not doing very well. They don't understand what's going on. And the other Chirithi says, we just need to trust our wielders. And that's the end of that scene. I don't know. Well, I think it's leading up to the next time we see the Chirithi. See, that's the thing. I think you're probably right. But I also have no way of knowing that these are the same Chirithis. What is he calls them Chirithi? Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, oh, man. There's a, there's a, a, a show... I won't say what it is for anyone who, um, <laughs> in case I spoil any, but people who know what I'm talking about will know what I'm talking about. There is a show where there are like 50 clones of the same character and they all have the first, the same first name, but then different last names. I feel like that's what we need here. We oh, need like, oh, it's Cheerithy Myers. How's it going, Cheerithy Johansson? No, this is be- it's better this way. Okay, never mind. Uh, Dennis goes back to meet with the others, as was promised. They're not here, but one of their Cheerithes is, and says, I'm sorry, they're not coming, but they, you know, they're, they're sorry to break the promise, and Dennis looks kind of sad and lonely. Yeah. And that's poor, that scene. Poor Dennis. Yeah, I, I don't know if there was more to this in the game, and it's just been trimmed down. I think we're just, I think we're just trying to understand that Dennis is lonely. I'm pretty sure that's all that's going on here. Yeah. Uh, another Cheerithy, which might be Cheerithy A, uh, sees another Cheerithy, which might be Cheerithy B, uh, lying on the ground, dying. Yes. Now, this is interesting because it says, "What? oh, what are you, are you okay? What's the, what's the matter? And they say, uh, my wielder, uh, I can't remember the wording. It was like, my wielder got lost in the darkness and disappeared or something like that. I think it's they just fell to darkness. I thought that's what they said. Well, it's it's not that they fell to darkness, because if it, if they fell to darkness as in, like, became corrupted by darkness, then the Chirithi would become a dark Chirithi. They right. specifically said their wielder disappeared, which means that they are dead. Could be, yeah. Because this the, the Chirithi who's lying on the ground is like, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to disappear too, like my wielder? And then the other Chirithi's like, yeah, sorry. And then they just die oh okay yeah because i thought it was that they like fell to darkness and maybe this is part of the process of a cheerithy becoming a, a nightmare cheerithy i don't think so i feel like pretty consistently when kingdom hearts says disappear they mean die which would mean that this is our first child death of kingdom hearts oh right i was like cheerithy's not a child but yeah maybe his maybe the wielder is yeah one of one of the wielders off screen died oh well that's fucked up do we know all the wielder or chil- wielders are children? I think they are. I think they are meant to all be children. Oh, yeah. Because we know cause... the thing about the, the fairy tale of the, the hearts of children. Right. I mean, yeah. it is already a child army, so that's already pretty fucked up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Era arrives. I. This might just... It's possible that this is just whoever the player's uh, foreteller is, but Era shows up 
and says, uh, the darkness is spreading faster than the wielders can gather lux. And Chirithi asks, is there a traitor among the foretellers? And Ira says, I, I don't know, but I don't want to believe that just yet. Maybe this actually is always Ira, because that is in keeping with what happens later. Yeah, but I, uh, yeah, I think so. We get a time skip. Uh, months pass as the Keybladers continue doing their Disney World adventures. Fortunately for us, uh, literally nothing relevant happens, so we just completely skip over it. <laughs> the, the, the Disney Worlds are less relevant than ever. Yeah. Uh, one night, Dennis has a strange dream about the foretellers and the master in the clock tower in the middle of town. And Dennis walks in on them having some sort of meeting, but there's a sort of creeping darkness on the edges of the frame that surround him, and he wakes up. And Chirithi is on the windowsill, and, you know, kind of comforts him, says, oh, it's just a nightmare, go back to sleep. And turns to another Chirithi on the outside of the window and says, was that you? But this Chirithi, this is a dark Chirithi. Yeah, it's a little bit darker. It's slightly dark gray instead of light gray. And yes. it says, did you show him the dream? What is it you're trying to do? And good Chirithi says, the opposite of what you're doing. Oh. Ah, it sounds ominous. Yeah, I'm still, at the end of this, I'm not really sure what evil Chirithi is trying to do. We will we will get to know that, fortunately. <laughs> not too long from now, I think. Okay, that's good. Um, uh, we now meet a Moogle shopkeeper. Yeah, in a, in I was like, hey, robe, a Moogle. Which is fun. <laughs> I love I love seeing Moogles. Moogles are good. Yeah, and this one's freaking out. It's like there's a big monster rampaging around the town, Koopo. Can you help can you help it so it doesn't do property damage to my shop, Koopo? So Dennis goes outside. And this is a big moment for Dennis because he makes his first friend. Yeah. There's a silver haired boy with a red scarf named Ephemer who is fighting the Heartless when he gets there. Yep. I I am suspicious of Ephemer. I'll say that much. Okay. I have noted that. Because I feel like his Chirithi might be the Nightmare Chirithi. All right. We'll 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 keep an eye on that plot thread as we go. Yeah. Uh, Ephemer is, he's kind of worn out from fighting the Heartless, but Dennis helps him up. He introduces himself. Uh, he will always be from a different union from the players. In this case, he's from Vulpus, uh, Ava's union. Um I think I think that that's probably an intentional choice by Demo because there's a scene later where Ephemer is talking to Ava, which I do think makes more sense if that's his own union leader. Right. I think he'd be talking to Ava anyway because yeah. of the plot. But yeah, yeah, I think he always has to be sent in a different union because um, the whole point is that they're not supposed to be talking to people from other unions, right? So yes, which is interesting, and this is the first that we've heard of this. I I don't know if this is the first the player would have heard of this if they're experiencing all the cutscenes, but it's not just that you go on missions for your union. Like people from different unions don't talk to each other. And you're explicitly competing with the other unions, too. Yes, to gather the most lux. If Master of Masters isn't orchestrating <laughs> um, the end of the world, I don't know what he's doing. If he's not doing this on purpose, then he's really, really stupid. Oh, yeah. maybe he is Sora. I mean, he said it's gonna happen, and he's yeah. right, because he, he's making it happen. <laughs> yeah. Be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> That's right. Uh but yeah, Ephemer is like, oh, we're from different unions. Like, it's kind of weird for us to talk to each other. But you know what? I'm not doing a union task today, so we can hang out. And he lets Dennison on a little secret. 
And you asked about this last week, and I pretended not to know the answer, but I did actually know the answer, which is... How dare you? Why is it that when we go to the Disney worlds, we're dealing with the same characters and situations that Sora is way, way, way in the future? Yeah, it's because they're holograms? (laughs) Yes, they are... They being, presumably the foretellers, are using the Book of Prophecies to essentially project holograms of the future onto the world yeah what do you think of that i think that's dumb i don't like it (laughs) correct it is pretty dumb yeah because the explanation that ephemer gives of like what made him wonder about this is he's like the world is so huge it it spreads out as far as the eye can see and yet we just go through a little portal and suddenly we are God knows how far away, meeting people from other parts of the world, talking to Aladdin, talking to Jasmine, talking to... I forgot the other ones. Um, uh, fairy Godmother. Nope, Cinderella's not in it. Fairy elves. And, yeah, his, he's like, yeah, that, that seemed impossible to me. So he st- he started looking into it, and he found that they're actually not going to other parts of the world. They're just warping to sort of the nearby areas outside of Daybreak Town, which have a data hologram projected on top of it. So they think that they're meeting these people. They think that they're dealing with these stories. But actually, they're just running around in an open area, gathering light. But what's weird here, what's shady about this, is that they think that they're gathering light by fighting the Heartless in these different worlds. But they're not. They're actually gathering light directly from the world itself. Yeah, and this seems bad. Um, yes. Because, I mean, it's, for a lot of reasons, like, you know, because they, they, we've heard before about how there were these, like, battles and people were coveting the light and taking the light. Uh And yeah, that seems bad. It kind of feels like to go to another property by this, like, same team, basically. Well, not this particular team, but it's kind of like gathering Mako energy, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Like, light is supposed to be light. It's supposed to be out there. You shouldn't be, like, gathering it and doing shit with it. That seems bad. You know, I actually said that I I was assuming the foretellers were behind this. Now I'm thinking the master is probably behind this because this feels like more accelerationist stuff. Exactly. I think it I think it is acceleration of stuff. I mean, I'm sure the master told them like, "Yeah, do this. It's good." And they were like, "Okay." <laughs> and that's and this that's also it. I think maybe is why they're noticing that the forces of darkness seem to be getting stronger as they gather lux is they're apparently just going around harvesting light from the world. So like no wonder the darkness would become stronger in response. They're they're kind of like they're basically, like, just going around cutting down all the trees. Yeah, I think and then so. Yeah, they're sucking on the light. This metaphor doesn't work at all, actually. I'm bailing on this. Yeah. Well, that, and then there's also the mysterious bangle. Yes, which seems to be doing something, and we'll get more into that in a little bit. Although, I'll just I'll just say right now, I don't fully understand what it's doing. Um, but yeah, so Ephemer is like, I think that the Book of Prophecies is involved. It's sort of giving them data to pull from about what will exist in the future that it can project onto the world. And I want to know how and why this is being done. So he says that while he was doing his his investigation, he learned that the unions all have different goals. 
I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head if that's related to like the role of each foreteller. Not sure. Yeah, we it don't seem really... like the goal is to gather lux and be on top of the leaderboard. Yeah, we're not told told what the different goals are. Yeah. Um, but Dennis Dennis tells Ephemer about his dream with the foretellers talking to the master, and Ephemer says, "Can you can you take me to that place?" So they they get going, and then uh, Dennis's Chirithi pops out as well as the dark Chirithi from earlier. Hmm. And Dennis's Chirithi says, "Is he yours?" And the dark Chirithi says, "I don't know. Is he?" Well, yeah, that's why I thought Ephemer is yeah that, and also Ephemer just feels like. He knows too much, mm. and so I'm assuming Ephemer's the traitor. Well, I'm I'm not going to answer that, obviously. But yeah, obviously not. There's one thing that happens that makes me kind of wonder if that is what's going on. Mm. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So uh, they arrive uh, outside the clock tower, and they split up and start looking for an entrance. I guess the way into the clock tower is not like publicly accessible. And now we cut to some back cover stuff. So we're following up on that little scene with Ira earlier. Uh, he meets with all the other foretellers and shows them a nightmare Chirithi and says that one of us is a traitor. And here's another another point of surely the master made all of this happen like this on purpose. Gula is like, well, why don't we just summon our Chirithis and whoever can't summon theirs, that must be theirs. But Envy says, no. We all have our unions. We could just summon one of our union members, Chirithes, to make it look like it's ours. Yeah, apparently we have no way to know. <laughs> yeah, why does it work that way? Because if it works that way, then we can't prove whose it is. Right. Hmm, seems like a bad system, Master of Masters. Uh, Ira's reasoning for this Chirithi being one of theirs specifically is that uh, this Chirithi was distributing the bangles. And that's not something that one of the union members could have done. That has to have been one of them. Uh, they knew about the bangles, by the way, but uh, Ava, Ava is like, I thought that we agreed that the bangles were fine, even though they were collecting dark energy along with light energy. Hey, that doesn't seem fine, guys. <laughs> well, that's what Ira says. He's like, collecting is fine, but using it is another story. Why is collecting it fine? <laughs> I don't understand. Ira, like, pushing his collection of Nazi memorabilia aside. <laughs> it's like, I just like the aesthetics. It's uh, it's fine to have things, as long as you don't use them. Right, like nuclear weapons, and... Yeah, I this is, this is one of those things that I'm like, this feels like this was a gameplay mechanic that now they are having to make a fully... Uh, CG animated cutscene address it as plot in a way that is a little bit jank. Yeah, sure. I, I think, yeah, that's true. I do think that, okay, so this is where I get into my first crackpot corner, I think, Ooh. of the episode. Okay. Where, so I think Ephemer's the traitor, right? Okay. And I think that Nightmare Chirithi is his Chirithi. And the person I'm most suspicious of is Gula. Because Gula got the extra page of the book, mm -hmm. and it feels like some, it, if I think Master of Masters is trying to make <laughs> trying to make all this bad shit happen, it would make sense if he gave the one that's a traitor extra information so that they uh -huh. can fuck stuff up. And so my guess is that Ephemer is actually Gula with his mask off. Because I'm also kind of coming, I feel like maybe none of these people have ever seen each other with their masks off, mm, and so like 
when Ephemer shows up to another character later on, they're like, oh, cool. I They would they have no way to know that it's Gula because they just have never seen what Gula looks like without his mask on. You know what? I'm actually going... I think that this is a great opportunity for me to... I'm going to add on to that with my own Crackpot Corner, one of them that I have pre-prepared. Yeah. I I do think that it's possible that Gula is the traitor whose Chirithi is a nightmare. And here is my reasoning for that, in addition to some of the stuff that you've said. Because I mentioned last time that all the foretellers are named after a sin, Mm -hmm. which doesn't necessarily correlate to their personality at all. Like, you know, for, for example... Who would say that Ased, the most like bullish, like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do whatever my first thought is like, no one would say that he is in any way representative of sloth. Very much the opposite. But Gula, gluttony, is the opposite of temperance. And I think that you actually could make a compelling argument for Gula as a representative of gluttony, because gluttony isn't just about eating and drinking too much. Gluttony is about overindulging to an extent that deprives others. Hmm. And I think that he is committing an act of gluttony by having the lost page, having the knowledge, but refusing to share it with anybody. Even though if he did share this information with the others, I think it actually could clear the air quite a bit and potentially diffuse some tension. But he is very pointedly keeping it to himself. Yeah, I mean, if you take the story at face value, he's he's not telling them because he's doing what the master told him to, which is have this extra page and figure out who who the he was told to find who the traitor is. But I think that's just more Mac. That I think that's just master masters knowing he's the traitor and making Gula think that he doesn't know. Yes, and it it is also possible that the traitor because this is all about being corrupted by darkness. Yeah. Which means that the traitor could very well be corrupted and think that they are not. Like, True, yeah. It's totally possible that Gula is corrupted by darkness, but in his mind, he is, you know, fighting for the light. And on that note, I wanted to say something else about the animal masks, uh, which is we have seen that characters who are corrupted by darkness, as we know it as Nording have bright yellow eyes and pointy ears. And what can we not see on any of these characters because of the masks that the master gave them? We can't see their eyes or ears. That's true. I think that those masks were given to them so that they would have no way of knowing when one of them was corrupted by darkness. And I think that it's very possible that that is Gula. Hmm. And so, oh, okay. So now I'm realizing something fucked up, which is that you don't actually know, and that's not good. <laughs> no, I do not. God damn it! How is that possible? <laughs> it's so like, oh man, it was like how how long did this game go on? Uh, six, seven years. Okay, well, that's I, I will say the foretellers are are uh, unchained key characters. They are not characters in Union Cross. Oh, okay. Which. They're, take that however you want. I'm not going to say why they're not characters, but some, some some stuff will happen. Okay. I don't think that you'll predict whatever it is. It's not the obvious thing. No, nothing that happens in these games is obvious. Okay. Well, that's, that's good, I guess. I, yeah. I don't like an obvious story. No, I, I, I will tell you, I... God, th- these games are a wild ride. I, I never would have anticipated anything that happens in them. Okay. So, uh... 
era, uh, yeah, again, he says, the bangles, it must have been one of us who distributed those bangles with the Chirithi. Uh, Envy and Ased uh, think that he's jumping to conclusions. Ased accuses him of poor leadership, and he's saying, you're planting seeds of doubt in all of us by making this big speech. And he, he says, the master made the wrong choice with you, and he storms out. Once again, you know that scene where the master was like, it's your job to call him out, I said. <laughs> yeah, he's really he's really setting up the pieces and letting it, it it's just dominoes. He's letting it all fall and break. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Gula and Ava also leave. Uh, Envy, she asks Ira, you know, why why are you being so aggressive about this when you know so little? And he reveals uh, that he has noticed that there is a missing page. Um, in the Book of Prophecies. This this incident with the Chirithes and the traitor, there's no mention of it in the entire book. So he's pretty sure that there's a lost page and that whoever has it is keeping something from them. That's probably who the traitor is. Uh, Envy once again is like, I wonder if the master planned all of this. Hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, they think the same thing I do. So although that makes me think that maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> if they think that that's what's going on because Nomura <laughs> would love to have a, a numerous twist happen uh-huh. uh, but yeah she she says you know I'll, I'll keep doing my thing I'll keep an eye on everyone I'll keep you informed uh, we go back to uh, Unchained Key Dennis and Ephemer they find a staircase down underneath the clock tower they fight some Heartless in there the ground starts shaking I don't remember what that was I don't think that that has anything to do with anything yeah I don't know Maybe that was the clock tower ringing. I don't know. But Ephemer is like, we should probably get back to our unions before anyone gets suspicious. And Dennis is, he seems kind of uneasy. Uh, if it's unclear to the listener, Dennis, I don't know if Dennis has said a single word in this game so far. Uh, which is why a lot of this is like, Dennis looks sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think the only thing that he said was when he introduced himself to Ephemer and said his union. Yeah, I think that's right. I think people even eventually comment on the fact that Dennis never says anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Ephemer says, uh, we'll meet at the fountain tomorrow at noon and we'll come back and investigate this then. They have a friendship handshake to uh, announce that they are now friends. Oh. Yay. Yay. Or is it? I will say for for what it's worth, this because I'm I'm flashing back to when I watched this for the first time and I didn't know anything. So this is not to say anything about what's going to happen. I I did not suspect Ephemer of anything. I thought that he seemed like a very nice lad. I I don't know. I think it was just because of the Chirithi. It just seemed off to me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. Uh, I again not to say anything of what will happen or will not happen. I I later, like, I've come across posts of people, like, discussing this as it was playing out, and so many people are like, Ephemer, I don't fucking trust that guy as far as I can throw him. And I was reading that like, oh, really? <laughs> he seems so friendly. Yeah, I don't remember where it happens, but I have a note where I thought it was, like, kind of clear Ephemer was using the power of darkness, even, in front of us. Mm. So, mm. I don't remember what that was now, though. I'd have to go back. Uh, we are now back in uh, back cover. Uh, Ased, Ava, and Gula are having a little meeting in a disused building. Uh, Ased is just ranting to the others about what a failure era is as a leader. And he goes, I thought he would make a great leader. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking liar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
but yeah, Gula, Gula and Ava, they they both agree. They're like, I think that he's making baseless assumptions. I think that he went way too far on too little information. Um, I said, oh yeah, because Ava is like, I wonder if he knows something that he's not telling us that makes him confident enough to say this. And Ased is like, well, if that's true, he should tell us. We're all comrades, remember? And Gula just goes, I wouldn't call you my comrade. <laughs> yeah, evil. Yeah, because Gula's a dick and isn't actually part whether of Whether or not he's the traitor, whether or not he's corrupted by darkness, I think that it's pretty safe to say that of these five, Gula is the most of a dick. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he, I mean the Master of Masters did... If he's not evil, Master of Masters chose him to be the rat. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, Ased gets to the point. He wants them to make an alliance with him. Uh, and Ava reminds him that that is explicitly forbidden by the Master. Uh, but Ased says, you know, it's clear from the Nightmare Cheerthy that there is darkness at work here. But I trust both of you, and I trust me. So, I think that we should say, forget Ira trying to make us fight with each other. Let's just work together. Yeah, Master of Masters doesn't want the unions to combine because there'd be too much consolidated power amongst the working class if that was true. <laughs> these these children might stop working for us. Yeah, if the child laborers formed yeah. a union. <gasps> oh no, if they all talked, no. they'd actually find out how bad they have it. Um, but yeah, Ava, Ava's not interested. She does not want to disobey the Master. Uh we we did we did see in her scene with the Master giving her her role. We definitely get a scene a sense that like she really, really seems to trust the master. Trust the master, and she cares the most. It would seem about like making sure, well, following her mission and making sure there's making sure she does the right stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gula Gula is more inter- interested in this. He says, I'll, "I'll join this alliance, but we're keeping the union members out of it. It's just you and me in this alliance." Uh, at this point, Envy arrives. Ased invited her as well. He invited everybody except for Ira. She walks in and is immediately like, are you making alliances? Because that's illegal. <laughs> I'm going to tell mom. I'm going to tell mom, parentheses, master of, of masters. Ma- right. Uh, oh, shit. Crackpot oh. corner. Um, she uh, explains. I mean, she explains to them, but she's mostly explaining to us why the master said that they should have unions and not work together. Or, or why there shouldn't be alliances, which is that if the unions work together, if there's any imbalance between the unions, then one of the unions, either the one that's pulling ahead of the others or the one that's falling behind, is going to want more power. They're going to want more lux. They're going to get darkness. And she says, I said, I think that you're darkness. And he's pissed. He hates that. And he says, yeah, well, you're the one, you fucking snake envy. You're the one who's telling Ira about everything that we do. And she's like, yeah, that's my job. And he's like, whatever. I said, just, he's, he's just a mad boy. What does he say? She's like, my role is to observe. And he's like, yeah, but nobody, the master didn't say that you have to tell Ira everything. That might be true, actually. I, I don't know. I don't remember. I think that that is not true. I think that he did say to tell Ira stuff. I might, I might be wrong about that. But uh, once again, we we get a sense of how uh, you know Ava. She's she's not cut out for this kind of stuff. She is just watching, like seemingly on the verge of tears at at all of this tension that she can't do anything about it. Yeah, and the way Gula's acting is part of what makes me think that he's <laughs> a traitor because he's like. 
pretty cool with just breaking the rules. Doesn't really fight back on it that much at all. No, yeah, he agrees very, very readily. Yep. Just um, like somebody else who's working across unions, like Ephemer. Dennis. And Dennis. Oh. Ava uh, goes to the fountain in the town square to try to unwind after that very tense uh, confrontation. She's worrying about what's happening with her and her friends. And Ephemer walks over and says, how's it going, Master Ava? Uh, she, she, you know, starts sort of thinking out loud about like, uh, you know, you, Ephemer, you asked me the other day why the unions don't work together. Um, I don't understand it either, but I know that that's what the Master of Masters said. And she, she actually uh, commends Ephemer on his conspiratorial mindset and that he's just asking questions. She says, yeah. you know, it's it's great that you question things and think for yourself. Yeah, keep doing your own research. Keep doing your own research. Um, and Ephemer is like, he's he's like laughing. He's like, wow, that's, that is very, very out of character for you to say. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, you know, sometimes you just want to go apeshit. I I love this moment here where he's like, "You're really you're really not yourself today, Master Ava. Do you think that talking about the contents of the Book of Prophecies would cheer you up?" <laughs> Into this microphone, <laughs> she's like, "Nice try," and he's like, "Oh, I mean, uh, just kidding, ha ha." <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they talk about how nice it would be if the unions could work together and be friends, and he says, "I actually made a friend from another union today." Oh yeah, this is the part where he says he's uh they're not much of a talker. They seem shy. Right, yeah. They they seem to be a bit of a silent protagonist. Uh but we're going to be meeting tomorrow. This is this is interesting actually because this scene is in both versions. I think in the video we actually see it play out in both uh versions of it. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, we do. Dennis doesn't know because uh Ephemer doesn't end up showing up at the fountain. And Dennis, there's some ambiguity of like, did Ephemer lie to me, etc. Is Ephemer a hater? But we do get from this scene, and I do wonder actually if this was out of order as we're watching it. Because this does confirm that Ephemer did want to fulfill that promise. Yeah, it seems like Ephemer wants to be a friend for whatever reason. Uh huh. I mean, Dennis is just very charismatic. Yeah, we all love Dennis. He's very he's the mo- he's the sparkliest boy. <laughs> That's true. I met I met a kid from another union. He's so sparkly. I just I feel like I'm I'm getting I'm like soaking up the fame just standing next to him. He also isn't dressed like a Moogle or something else really weird. I, and I like that. He just has a crown. More on that later. That's pretty reserved as far as I can tell. <laughs> uh so yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's that's so nice." Uh, well, you should you should get going, get some rest, uh, so you can hang out with your new friend tomorrow. Uh, Ephemer tries to reassure Ava that everything's going to be okay, and he leaves. And Ava thinks to herself, "You know, if if everything does come to pass as we've been told, I, I I'll be glad to know that the future is being left to kids like Ephemer. May the wind carry you far, far away, my dandelions. Evil kids like Ephemer." Evil kids like Ephemer. Evil kids who are Xehanort in the past and maybe Gula. <laughs> I don't know. He is silver-haired um, like a like a Xehanort. I was curious. Oh, true. I was curious because um, you said that there was a point where you were kind of like, oh, maybe Ephemer is nice, actually. Was this that scene? Yeah. Well, it's sort of the way I mean, his friendship with Dennis does seem to be real. Mm-hmm. And it more, it's just that Ava trusts him so much and... Um, 
starts setting him up to be a dandelion. So I was like, well, it seems like... She also like trusts the master very much. She does. I guess it's just that, like, we know that the dandelions worked because there are worlds that are arcs for everyone to uh, live in. True, 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 true. So we know the dandelions worked. So if Ephemer is evil... He wasn't evil enough to make that not work. I guess it doesn't mean that he's not evil. Maybe maybe he tried to and didn't succeed. I don't know. Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah. Envy reports back to Ira about the alliance, but she says, you know, kind of to what we were talking about earlier, like, just because Ased is, like, being very aggressive and, like, disobeying the Master's teachings, that doesn't mean that he's any more evil than a hypothetical traitor who might also think that they're doing the right thing. She she does trust Ased. She's like, I think that what he's doing is completely wrong, but I do believe that in his mind, he is fighting the darkness. Yeah, that seems right to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ased does not seem like he has the capacity to be duplicitous. He's a himbo. Yeah. Uh, so she says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Gula later. I'm going to see if I can get him to dissolve the union uh ira is like well i'll do it and she's like that would make a said one million billion times matter <laughs> if you did that yeah absolutely Envy, she's a good judge of character and ira apparently is not no ira he's he's very he's very earnest he he seems to think like you know he he seems very much like well i'm a good boy so everything that i do will work out he doesn't yeah. really think about stuff like this yeah, it's interesting he's the leader because he does seem just like a little too straightforward to to do the weird stuff Master of Masters wants to get done. I honestly Which, think that he could be a good leader because, you know, he's got the he's got the charisma and he's like he's he seems sort of like the heart of the group a lot of the time. I just feel like the master intentionally put Ased as his second in command, knowing that Ased would be fucking gunning for it at every moment. Actually, that's true. Yeah, it's not really his fault that Master of Masters set him up to fail on purpose. I think that uh, Era Envy is a, a ticket that I'd be happy to vote for. Yeah, they seem great. Maybe Ava, too. Ava's, Ava seems nice. She can be like Secretary of Transportation or something. Right. So, uh... She says to Ira, I'm I'm going to be making these reports less often from now on because Ased thinks that we're conspiring together. Very reasonable. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she walks out and Ira resumes studying the Book of Prophecies. He's read it cover to cover about six times now, we have to assume. And he's looking at a picture of a dark side and the kingdom key. Yeah, I noticed that. I didn't know if that was meaningful or if it's just like, hey, look at these things you recognize. I can't remember if we're supposed to take anything away from this, the one thing I will say is our understanding of the Book of Prophecies is that it ends with the Keyblade War, and the Kingdom Key is Sora's Keyblade, which is way in the future. Yeah, but Keyblades are all inherited and have existed for a long time, right? Yeah, that's true. I I can say genuinely... If we're supposed to take something away from this, I don't currently know what it is. It's just a very, a very meaningful zoom on the book. It, it is entirely possible that it's we're just supposed to go like that. Sora's Keyblade. <laughs> it could be. That's yeah, you Kingdom know, Hearts. A weird thing that I uh, tell me if I noticed this correctly when they were talking about upgrading Keyblades, they said you're like using pieces of other Keyblades to to upgrade your Keyblade. Is that right? What? Uh, when was that? I don't remember, maybe in the last episode, but they're talking about how, like, you're, you, you are upgrading your Keyblades. 
Oh, that might have been the bangle tutorial. Maybe. Maybe like combining metals. Oh, they said they maybe they said metals, and I thought they were saying metals, like with a T. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I maybe. Got that wrong. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I was like, because I was wondering, I'm like, well, this might be post Keyblade, and like, are you using chunks of the Keyblade to upgrade your Keyblade? I'm gonna say it was probably the Bangle tutorial because mm-hmm. if I don't remember it, it means that I wasn't listening, which means it was a tutorial. <laughs> yeah, I thought I think it was last episode, not this episode. Okay, that I heard this, but I don't um, know. Anyway. Dennis is going to bed. He excitedly tells Chirithi about his new friend. Chirithi, in a moment that uh, is not intended to seem like emotional manipulation, but extremely looks like it, (laughs) Chirithi's like, that's nice that you have a friend. (sighs) Must be cool having friends. (laughs) Yeah. Chirithi's Uh, just sad, that's all. Yeah, Chirithi's just sad, but Dennis is like, you're my friend, Chirithi. And Chirithi's like, oh... I didn't know that, but thank you. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that we're supposed to read anything like menacing or manipulative into that. I just thought it was kind of funny. No, I think for me it was more of a reminder that Chirithi's like a thing that was <laughs> a thing that was born sentient, like in a test tube. In a test tube, so is like intelligent, but maybe doesn't understand a lot of like mm-hmm. interaction. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. We then, we get a flashback to the Master's conversation with Ava about her role, uh, but this one goes on a little bit further. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't remember if this was Union Cross or Unchained Key, or uh, a back cover, Jesus Christ. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I don't I, I don't know what the difference between those things are anymore, back, so I'll have to when trust When I say back cover, it. I mean like, it's, it's like a fully CG animated thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember if this was that or not. Um, but we, yeah, we get more of this scene, uh... Oh, yeah, this is not in back cover. That's right, that's right. Because the master tells Ava that after everything pops off, uh, the foretellers are not going to be sticking around, which means that when the dandelions come back and everything sort of settles, there's going to need to be new union leaders. And Ava's like, why are the the unions going to need leaders? And the master says, well... Because only the leaders are going to be the ones who know that the world ended. And she's confused, reasonably. Mm-hmm. And the master goes on and says, well, you know, why? What's the benefit in all of the dandelions carrying around painful knowledge about the end of the world if they don't have to? Why not just take those memories and throw them in the trash? This is suspicious to me. <laughs> yeah. And Ava, this is this is a great master moment because Ava is like, is it even possible to erase memories like that? And the master just goes, apparently so. What the fuck do you mean, apparently so? I think that's just a non-answer. Yeah, I, I guess it is possible with my memory erasing ray that I built. <laughs> he built a nominee already. <laughs> he uh, hands Ava a list of five Keyblade wielders. And he says, uh, I want you to make all five of these dandelions, and they are going to be the union leaders after the Keyblade War happens. And Ava notices that one of the names has a circle around it, and she says, what's what's with this one? And he says, well, that one is going to get a copy of the Book of Prophecies. Yay! What a fun prize. Yeah. It's Xehanort. <laughs> <laughs> His explanation is that the one with the Book of Prophecies will be able to shape the world into what it needs to be. Again, this is interesting because that implies that the Book of Prophecies 
despite the final page talking about the end of the war in the key, the end of the world in the Keyblade War, the Book of Prophecies apparently will help after that. Well, my thought is that maybe it's like a, you can learn from the mistakes of the past kind of thing. Could be, could be. This this is one of those things that I don't remember or know the answer to. Okay. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that because that that seems a little bit weird to me. Um, but yeah, you're right. It it could be like a learn from history type type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does add that uh, when she hands over the book of prophecies to this dandelion, it should be top secret. Uh, she goes to the famous hill overlooking the town and uh, talks to Ephemer and says, uh, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it sounds like me and the other foretellers are not going to survive the Keyblade War. And Ephemer is like, he is overwhelmed. She's telling him a lot of shit right now. I'm just a kid, lady. Yeah, I mean, she just comes to him. This is like if, like, your teacher in middle school, like, pulled you out of class one day and was like, so, there's going to be a huge war that's going to end the world, and you're going to be the new principal afterwards. Are you okay with that? <laughs> because I'm going to die in the war. We good? We good? It's more like they're like, I'm going to die, and you're going to be fucking president. <laughs> yeah. You are going to be one of the five leaders of the new world, and I will be dead, and most of the people that you know will also be dead. Yeah, we cool? Go have fun with your friends. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah, here's your your, uh, orientation pamphlet. Mm -hmm. Let me know if you have any questions. It's Uh, a book that tells you how the world's going to end. (laughs) <laughs> in gory detail she reassures him though she's like you won't be alone there will be five of you and he's like oh great <laughs> well then we're all set yeah that's all we need five people uh but yeah she she gives him a book of rules this is not the book of prophecies uh which i remember when i watched this the first time i was like oh ever has got the book no that's a different book oh i didn't catch that i thought i don't know if i was able to catch that i thought he got the book of prophecies okay. no this is this is a book of rules from the master for what they should do after the keyblade war um I do remember off the top of my head who gets the Book of Prophecies, but I will not say whether it's Ephemer or not. Is it, is it Dennis? Not gonna tell ya. Okay. Uh, so she tells him that they better start preparing for the... They, or no, not, not preparing for. Preparing the other world. She says that when the Keyblade War happens, the Dandelions will not be here in Daybreak Town. They are gonna be sent somewhere else to take refuge. And... Ephemer needs to get going and start preparing it, you know, putting putting in the furniture and everything. Right. Um, and then she just casually adds, like, by the way, everyone's going to have to lose their memories. Ugh. Yeah, which already makes me think, like, does that mean people are going to have, like, weird unchained memory things going on where maybe everyone can end up remembering that they that the world ended? Mm. You mean chain of memories? Yeah, memories? I'm wondering if the, if some chain of memory stuff will happen to people after they're yeah. There's they just have like nominee like just standing by. Well, the, yeah, more just like they'll have the weird stuff that was going on with Sora's brain when he started forgetting stuff, and he was, they're just gonna have like weird stuff stuck in their hearts about how everyone died. Uh huh. Yeah, their connect, I, I all, their con- all their connections and stuff. I don't know. Here's the thing, by the way, we can talk about this now um, because it. 
I think it's interesting to think about, but also I don't think it's spoilers because it hasn't actually come up since we've met the Dandelions or heard about the Dandelions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the big pod that Sora was in in Chain of Memories and Kingdom Hearts Two, I it kind of it kind of opens up like a dandelion. Oh yeah, I, that might be nothing. It might be nothing. You know, that's you massive grain of salt on that one. But that's 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 on my list of things to pay attention to if if we ever see any of those pods again. But anyway, yeah, she says, you know, the the memory of the tragedy, it would needlessly burden them. So it's just going to be erased. We do learn how that's going to happen, which is that the Chirithes are going to take care of that. Ephemer is not on board with this, but Ava is just like, think about how you would feel if you survived the end of the world and knew that almost everyone you knew died. And Ephemer's like, well, when you put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I do understand it. Although, again, it does seem weird because it feels like maybe people should remember the world ended so that they don't do that stuff again. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll, we'll see, I guess. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned on that. Yeah. Uh, Ephemer goes back to the clock tower alone and he thinks out loud. Uh, Sorry, Dennis. I broke our promise. Aw, they were going to um, kiss and now they don't get to. Uh, <laughs> this does imply... That the entrance to this quote-unquote other world is through the clock tower. We we get a sense very shortly that people are not supposed to go to the clock tower. So something's going on here, but we don't know what just yet. It's true. Oh, wait. Did we mention that she said that the dandelions go to an alternate reality? Yeah, she said the other world where they'll be sent. Did she Did she say other an alternate reality? I think so. I think the words alternate reality got used, because I wrote okay, that down. That, that does line up with my understanding of what will happen later. So I guess she said alternate reality. Yeah, that was a little wild to me. I was like, oh, I thought that the light in the hearts of children made an arc for everyone to live in, but apparently they were sent to an arc and then came back? I don't know. I guess I'll find out. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, we, we know that they're talking now about the unions will still exist afterwards. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, Dennis is waiting by the fountain all day, but Ephemer never shows up and Chirithi shows up and says, Oh, he probably something came up. It must've been an emergency, but you know, whatever happens, you know, we're friends, Dennis, and they shake hands. And then there's a cute moment where Dennis like picks up Chirithi and gives it a hug. And Chirithi's like, Whoa, what? Yeah. I like that. I'm a stuffed animal? <laughs> it's more likely than you think. It's true. Uh, and then, I don't know if you immediately clocked what was going on here. I actually thought this was kind of cool because Ephemer runs over after, like, who knows how long. And is like, I'm so sorry that I that I didn't show up. And the song that is playing is a song that they play over, like, Disney character interaction cutscenes in Dream Drop Distance. And oh, I immediately clocked. I was like, I don't think this is real. I think this is a dream. And it is. And I think that's cool. Hmm. I did not notice that. That is cool. Uh, Yeah. So Ephemer in the dream, and we'll find out very shortly that this is a dream. Uh, Ephemer takes Dennis back to the clock tower. uh, And they're about to like go deeper than where they got to on the first day. But uh, uh, Dennis, Dennis seems a little bit uneasy. And Ephemer's like, well, hey, uh, I'll, I'll be waiting and he just disappears in a cloud of dandelion seeds, and Dennis wakes up. Oh, right, because Ephraim at this point's already left to the alternate reality, right? Yes, Ephraim right. is uh, putting up <laughs> streamers and balloons. 
<laughs> and and <laughs> putting a big like he's like papering over the things that say the world ended or whatever you know? yeah <laughs> he's he's busy curating a nobody died playlist why well, can't I remember anything from like a day ago no reason <laughs> da, 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 da. it's fine <laughs> uh i guess we're going to be all uh, children that helps <laughs> yeah so Dennis, uh, Chirithi is like, uh, hey, you, you were having a dream. What's the matter? Dennis says, oh, I, I want to go looking for Ephemer at the clock tower. And Chirithi is like, it's it's off limits. You know it's off limits. You shouldn't go. And also the foretellers, things have been kind of tense between them, so it's not a good time anyway. But Dennis is like, I don't care. Uh, and he goes to the clock tower. He's asking around uh, different Keyblade wielders. This is where we see... We start to get a sense of what the Keyblade wielder kid NPCs look like in this <laughs> game. Because here's the thing. You can customize your character's outfit, which means that you can dress like a normal anime boy, or you can have an eclectic combination of, like, clown costume with a fucking pirate shirt and, like, a, a big rainbow wig. Perhaps a giant moogle head. A Moogle head is a classic uh, of of this game. So yeah, we're getting these scenes of Dennis like asking NPCs like, "Hey, have you seen Ephemer, kid with silver hair? Do you know where he's at?" And s- some of them just look like normal anime children, but then one of them does have a pumpkin head. <laughs> one of them's a pumpkin head, and then I was like, "Oh, is that an important like?" Because for me, nope. I've I've only seen normal looking anime kids uh-huh. to this point, so this is the first like unique pumpkin head person I've seen. So I'm like, "Oh my god." The pumpkin head, <laughs> the most important character in Kingdom Hearts. It this turns out this is no. Halloween. This is yeah. Halloween. Nope, just a. That's just what that one random NPC looks like, who we'll probably never see again. How would we know? <laughs> How would we know? Because, like, they. I don't know. We don't know what their face looks like. They got. The, oh, yeah. I assume their head isn't actually a pumpkin. That might so. be Gula. Could be Gula. Could be. Could be Ephemer. Could be anybody. Yeah. Um. I. I mentioned this on Discord that. Um. Yeah, th- there's not a lot of uh, Unchained Key and Union Cross NPCs with uh, KH Wiki articles because so many of them just like show up once and then never appear again. One of the few recurring characters of the Keyblade wielders is named Mog, who just has a big stuffed Moogle head on his head. <laughs> and it appears to be wearing goggles that have fish fins on the side of them. Very cool. Very cool. And little bat wings. Yeah, I I don't remember if we'll be seeing Mog in in this compilation at any point, but yeah, we've met Pumpkinhead. We'll probably never see him again. Uh, but yeah, Pumpkinhead is in Agrabah on a mission and says like there there's a there's a chain of events that leads Dennis to meet Pumpkinhead in Agrabah, but it's not important. Pumpkinhead says, uh, "Oh, you know, I I saw Ephemer talking to Master Ava." who is often at the clock tower, which I don't know why that's the end of this like plot thread, because that is really not helpful <laughs> information. No. Yeah. At all. But that is, that is our final breadcrumb. So we go to the clock tower and Ava is here and she's like, what, what are you doing down here? And Dennis says, why well, I, I had a dream that Ephemer was waiting for me and I wanted to, I'm, I'm worried about him. And Ava says, well, uh, you know, if Ephemer was down here in this restricted area, he might have gotten caught up in the conflict between the foretellers. Uh, and Dennis says, that's what I was thinking. I was wondering if you were involved. 
And when I say that Dennis says that, I mean that Dennis kind of wiggles his arm and opens his mouth. And she says, ah, you're wondering if I'm involved. (laughs) Uh, She says, you know, I appreciate your honesty. And you're not too far off base, but that's all that I can tell you. And now I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Fight me. She summons her Keyblade and attacks Dennis. Uh, She wins the fight uh, automatically, but, you know, she acknowledges his potential. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're halfway to being a whale. You've got some expensive medals. Nicely done. Yeah. And now she says some Star Wars shit. Oh yeah. The, the sadness in your heart could lead to darkness. If you can't let it go, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. (laughs) Yeah. I wish that the Chirithis were Yodas. Just the exact same game, but it's just Yodas everywhere. That could be good. Yeah, if they all talked like Yoda, too, that'd be great. <laughs> Except the evil one doesn't. The evil one just talks normal, and that's your clue. Instead of high cheerithy, high cheerithy, it's cheerithy high, cheerithy high. Yeah, cheerithy high. Uh, but yeah, now having having beat up this kid, <laughs> she's like, ah, get out of here, scamp. Don't be sad, or I'll beat your ass some more. Yeah, but, you know, Dennis leaves, and she thinks to herself, like, oh, this must be the friend that Ephemer mentioned. <laughs> I won't tell him about when I beat up his friend. <laughs> you know, I just realized Ephemer can't be Gula because Ephemer is in a, an alternate reality. And as far as I know, Gula is not. Now that you've said that, I will also point out that uh, Ava knows Gula's voice very well. And then there's a scene where she talks to Ephemer and hears his voice and it's a different voice. <laughs> People can just change their voice. I, I don't know. I wasn't convinced by that. Okay, um, fair enough. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but I, think I, get, I, I still think Ephemer's evil, though. Yeah, I mean, again, I haven't seen Gula's face myself, so I can't say that they're not the same character, but I don't think they're the same character. Yeah. Uh, Dennis goes to sleep at night, and uh, Ava is just in Dennis's room, and it's just like, hey, Cherithy. It's cool to do, just watch a kid sleep. Well, you know, she's one of the five presidents. She can do this. That's right. So, yeah, she asked Cherithy. <laughs> Joe Biden can go to your room and watch you sleep anytime he wants. It's true. He's allowed... I, I often wake up and I see him standing in the corner like Edward Cullen. Yeah. Uh, Dennis is a fucking heavy sleeper, by the way. Joe Biden throws me on his back and calls me Spider Monkey and jumps in the forest <laughs> with me. <laughs> yeah, but that's just him being senile. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's not doing a metaphor. No, it's it's really sad, actually. It's not, it's not good. Uh, they are just, like, having a loud conversation in the room with Dennis sleeping. She's like, did you show him the dream? And Cherithy says, no. Uh, and she said, then maybe it was Ephemer. So this is referring to the dream with Ephemer saying, like, I'm waiting for you in the clock tower. She thinks that Ephemer actually contacted Dennis. How does she know that he had that dream? Did Dennis tell her? I guess he Yes, it, oh. it, it, it was easy to miss because we don't hear any of Dennis's dialogue. But yes, when Dennis was wiggling his arm up and down... Ava is like, oh, so you had a dream about Ephemer. Got it, got it, okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, she is theorizing that Ephemer is currently in an unchained state and may have been able to reach out to Dennis from where he is right now. And she thinks that Ephemer is getting closer to the truth. Whatever that is. Which I guess the the truth must mean like that the world's going to end, right? Maybe. I actually don't remember the answer to that question. (laughs) I also don't remember... She says, uh, if Ephemer was able to reach out to Dennis, then Dennis might be near that realm, too. I have no idea what that means. Well, Unchained... Like, is Ephemer in the world of dreams? I think that might be what this is implying, is that, like, Dennis was sleeping and Ephemer was 
in the realm of sleep, maybe? That would kind of make sense if that's the alternate reality that they go hide in. Although, I guess the thing, though, if you've seen that when you're in the world of sleep, your body's still outside of it, so that wouldn't help too much. Yeah, but I guess if Dennis's consciousness is in the realm of sleep... Yeah. I'm not I'm not super confident about what's going on here and what Ava is talking about. Well, yeah, it's an unchained state, too, which is... That goes back to Chain of Memories, it would feel like. Um, I saw somewhere on the wiki that the realm of sleep is sometimes called the unchained realm... But I don't remember that. This is this is something I'm going to have to keep an eye on because I'm not super clear on what they're talking about here. They probably talked about it in, in something that I've seen and that I'm just forgetting it. It, it would kind of work thematically, though. Like, you know, things that we've forgotten can show up in our dreams. It could be kind of like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that makes sense. That might be kind of what, what we're doing here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she, she asks Chirithi to protect Damien so that the winds can carry him away. So Ava... Ava seemingly has flagged Dennis as a potential um, uh, uh, dandelion. I think that I did just say Damien. Yeah, no, his name's That's Dennis. That's fine. Um, yeah, so he's, yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. Your character's definitely going to be a dandelion, because that'd be kind of weird if you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> if you just die. If you just, yeah, you're, you're just fated to die. Maybe you hold the door open for everybody. <laughs> and then they slam it shut on you. Yeah, you're 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 Hodor actually. And then and then you're like, wait, but my my medals and my my equipment that I wailed for. And then it's like, ooh, sorry, you got to make a new character for the sequel. And you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, you. My paying to win like three more grand, maybe. <laughs> that is where we are ending for today. Yeah. Yeah. The intrigue is is getting going. We're we're dealing I I like this stuff with the it's kind of hard from from what we're watching to really get a sense of like what back cover is, but this is the the meat of back cover is the foretellers being suspicious of each other and trying to figure out who is the traitor. Got it. Okay. And so, and a back cover was just like the videos in one of like provided by, with one of the games to explain to you what was yeah, going that, on. Yeah, it's it's in the the 2.8 compilation yeah. uh after Dream Drop Distance. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh eventful week. We met Dark Cheerthy, we met Ephemer. Uh we learned a little bit more about the Dandelions. A lot, a lot going on. Next week I'm excited for because we are going to we're going to meet another one of the core Keyblade Kid characters. I guess there's at least 5. Uh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna meet one next week and then we're gonna meet one more the week after that. Uh and then I think yeah, we we've we've got some more to meet actually. They're 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 doling them out gradually, but we've we've got quite a few more coming. Well yeah, we're we're gonna condense seven years into like two hours or something. So Yeah, I mean I have to assume that this means that when the actual players were playing the game, there was maybe a full year where Ephemer didn't exist. <laughs> Right, yeah, and like when Ephemer like disappeared, was Ephemer gone for like six months? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the the pacing of the game as it rolled out, I I truly have no information on that, but hmm. it's it's certainly something to think about. Uh, speaking of of the game, we have a question this week uh, oh. on our on our co-host at cohost.org slash soundsaboutlight slash ask. Uh, an anonymous user has asked us. What character would have to be obtainable in the gotcha for you to legit whale for them and get all their constellations slash eidolons? For those uninitiated, that means that the character gets a bonus if you pull duplicates. Also, would you eat Chirithi as emergency food? Now, that is a Genshin Impact reference. Uh, 
for a running joke about the sidekick character Paimon. Everyone's always uh, trying to eat it. Hmm. Would you eat Chirithi? Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, I mean, really, I assume Chirithi would want it. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I I think that Chirithi just looks like a stuffed animal. I think that Chirithi is like fabric. Could be marshmallow in there though. The Chirithi filling. Yeah, you don't you don't know what's inside the, the cloth sack. Could be something tasty. <laughs> we'll find out at the end of the world. <laughs> right. So when Dennis dies and the Chirithi gets cracked open like a pinata. <laughs> Dennis is bleeding out on the ground and Chirithi's like, You have to use my insides to stay strong. It's gonna be a good scene. It's gonna look really good too in the little like 2D animation that they get going. <laughs> yeah, it's more Star Wars shit. Chirithi's like, have you seen the Empire Strikes Back? You have to use me like a tauntaun. I'm inside. Oh, God. It gets really big, too. Okay. Yeah, I like that. What What character would have to be obtainable for me to whale for them? I don't know. For, I'm just... I'm not a whale. Uh, I Yeah. I but, When I play any game that is free to play, but you can pay money, my goal is to never pay. <laughs> yeah, I will... Yeah. I think... Yeah, I've rarely ever put money into any of those games. If I've ever put money into it, it's like maybe $5 or something. Mm. So, yeah, mm. that's when I'm like, I've played this game for a year. Let me let me throw them $5 to make us even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, let me let me think about it in terms of like Disney characters or Final Fantasy characters. I'm not I'm not going to wail for any game, but who would I like to see? Yeah, like, because most of the ones I would care about have been there, I think. Maybe a medal of Troy Bolton from High School Musical, but he's doing the, like, where'd the garlic bread go meme pose. Oh, maybe. That's pretty good. I'd wail for that. I would wail for, hmm, what's it? Is Great Mouse Detective Disney? Yes, I believe so. Okay, then I would. I, and the... I say that because I'm pretty sure that I always see people saying that they want it to show up in Kingdom Hearts. Okay, great. Well, I'll wail for the Great Mouse Detective, or you know what? Actually, I would wail for uh, Robin Hood. That would be great. I, I like Robin Hood, and I feel like Robin Hood should show up in Kingdom Hearts at some point. Mm, I feel like that's from the era of Disney that everyone says it's all bad. Yeah, I just watched it a lot as a kid. I don't really know how it holds up, but you know. Um, if I could be the weird snake that, um, wow, what is the snake in that? Anyway, whatever. There's some good. There's some good little characters in that. I'm honestly, I'm all for that kind of thing. Like we've got Merlin from the Black Cauldron, but like, sort of, sort of the stone. If they if they wanted to like explore that era of Disney, which they definitely, definitely, definitely don't. <laughs> I would I would be into it. But yeah, don't. I mean, I'm into it because it's like the stuff we saw in Dream Drop Distance where they actually had fun with it when they didn't have to really worry about Disney's lawyers really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The I we do we do love getting to see the three musketeers. <laughs> yeah, that'd be there we go. Robin Hood and Troy Bolton meme pose image. Yep. Do we dive to the wiki now? Yeah. Do we want to talk about... I've got Marcus Dark, but I've also got Ladies of Heart. Whatever you feel stronger. Ladies of Heart is pretty short. Um, the Ladies of Heart... Hato Oburedis. <laughs> God. Wait, the Heart of Ladies? Is mm-hmm. that what that said? <laughs> Can you link this one to me? I don't... The Ladies of Heart, or in Japanese, the Heart of Ladies. Yeah, I hear are heroines with hearts of pure love devoid of darkness. They appear to be the only people in the universe whose love is born with natural gifts. Don't know what that means. 
there are only a few actual princesses. The eight ladies are referred to that name, are referred to by that name. No, the eight ladies. What? Though only a few are actual princesses, the eight ladies are referred by that name as the one who brings all them together to protect the forces of good and the path for peace and gain the power to reign over the worlds. There we go. What a sentence. (laughs) Heroines who lose their hearts do not become heartless because they have no darkness within to trigger the process. However, it is possible for the heroines to create nobodies on special occasions proven by the existence of Gingerina's nobody, Queen Cinnamonette. Fuck Gingerina. Now I looked this up. I think that Gingerina is somebody's fan show. I don't think Gingerina is real. Okay, I found it on the J- Disney Junior Princess Yeah, but the tagline is "Behold, a gender bent Pinocchio becometh." So I'm pretty sure that that's not real. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Probably. I don't think. I don't think Disney's gotten into the gender bending. Uh... Uh, Gingerina is yet. a 2018 film to be theatrically released. I see. Okay. So by Dozer Fleet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Ladies of Heart. We got Gingerina. We have Melody, Melanie, who is also from Gingerina. We got Rapunzel. We got Mulan. We got Merida. We got Pocahontas. We got Ariel. And we got Wendy. Uh, and then our party allies are Esmeralda and Nicky Mouse. I, I'm, I'm sensing a trend of gender bending going on here. <laughs> also, there are three Pixar heroines within the group, just so you know. Hmm. So that's the ladies of heart. I like this MS paint stained glass. Um, oh, what do you it's call it? It's really that? crunchy, huh? Yeah, it's very cr- <laughs> It is, but then if you see, like, ladies of heart isn't so much. So it, I think they just, like, made larger versions of all these and then copied and pasted them in super low res. <laughs> I think so. It's good. Well, best of luck to the ladies of heart. Yeah. Uh, should we learn about Marcus Dark? Sure, yeah, let's learn about Marcus Dark. Do you need a link? No, I've got Marcus Dark. <laughs> no, I I have a link to Marcus Dark. <laughs> <laughs> a link in my heart. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is good. Um, where tell do you me about start? Marcus Dark. I'll tell you about Marcus Dark. Okay. Um, Marcus Dark is the long-lost son of Vitiate Dark and Crown Prince of the Dark Empire. <laughs> In between darkness and light, in the between darkness and light series, who was adopted by the Thorn family to infiltrate the Republic of Light and their allies prior to the first Great Galactic War. Um, let's see. Oh, he's a Disney character because sometime after the first Galactic War, his adopted parents were murdered um, <laughs> uh, for doing some forbidden research in the darkness, and this act was it. Easily cover up as an accident during the worldwide conflict known as the Radiant Garden Civil War. Oh, shit. After being found out as a Keyblade wielder, he had to fight across Radiant Garden to reach House Erebos and eventually get in touch with his family and the Dark Empire once again. Uh, here's a Do quote. Do have for- any... No quotes, which is a real no, shame. No, there's a quote up top, though. The light took my family from me twice. I have a right to take it back. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he's the he's the son of Vitiat Dark and Amelia Dark, mm-hmm. uh, and he was adopted by Keith and Lisa Thorne. That's right. Um, I, I'm going to talk about his appearance. I think. Okay. Uh, so Marcus stands at almost six feet tall with short black hair and dark green eyes. He has a well built upper body and strong legs, which allow him to bound across ally and enemy territory with ease. <laughs> <laughs> which is a cool way to describe a person. Um, boing, boing. His skin color is a pale Hispanic tan. Hmm. A pale tan. A pale tan. 
Uh, Marcus wears a gray shirt covered with a black coat and black jeans. He has thick armored boots, which he always wears for the difficult ravine terrain on Radiant Garden. Okay. Marcus wears a silver chain around his neck, which is used to hold a ring on it given to him by his parents that have the dark family royal crest on it. God, it's so cool when someone wears a necklace that has a ring on it. It's so cool. Here's the part I wanted to get to. When furious, the tainted blood within him seems to boil, and his eyes turn blood red. His incisors seem to also lengthen into fangs within his mouth. (laughs) I like seem to. Seem to. It's really funny because I'm pretty sure tainted blood isn't anywhere else on this wiki page. That's the only place that you find out that he's got tainted blood that turns (laughs) into a vampire. Uh, he has the Oblivion Keyblade, the dark keyblade that was created from the heart of Marcus. It is his loyal weapon throughout the series and incredibly powerful in its own way. Marcus is almost unbeaten with it at his, at his side. Uh, trivia, the name Marcus means warlike. This is logical, given he is descended from the royal family of an capital A aggressive capital E empire. Hmm. I do want to write a little... aggressive of the aggressive empire. <laughs> I do want to read a little bit about William Virago... Um, his friend, just so you get a little sense of what the story might be kind of like. Sure, sure, sure. Um, from his personality and traits, William did seem to genuinely care, however. He cared for Marcus and his real adopted family to the point he would do almost anything for them. William was also a flirt, however, he only ever seemed to flirt with Marcus, which usually caused the dark air to get flustered without knowing why. Why am I flustered when my friend is flirting with me? Weird. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, it's that kind of story. The name Will... William, or Will, means determined guardian. I don't think so. A testament to his aiding and protecting Marcus from the Dark Empire. William has blood-red hair and light blue eyes that practically glow at those he meets. He has almost white pale skin that is lightly muscled and a sleek, and a sleek, from being trained as a sadist inquisitor. Cool. This is a fun story. This is fun. I'd like to learn about it sometime. Yeah. I can't wait for this game to come out. (laughs) <laughs> between darkness and light that is a series oh it's a, so it's a it's a kingdom hearts au that's right it's the sadial order versus the judial order uh-oh i don't know what that means i'm starting to get uncomfortable <laughs> is is the opposite of sadism judaism well that makes it favorable i guess but that's still weird <laughs> hey i'm i'm jewish and i love to be nice to people that's all i'm saying oh okay well tracks it's it's a mitzvah. <laughs> I can't, I'm not saying shit. <laughs> this is Wishes Duck. This is Wishes Duck. This is the segment where we sound exactly like Donald Duck. What's Donald Duck gonna say this week? Uh, uh hi, Cherithy. Hi, Cherithy. <laughs> <laughs> we just say it back and forth at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that true. sounds good to me. Yeah. Oh nope. Hold on. Oh, hold on. <clears throat> No. (laughs) Those are hard ones to do. (laughs) Well, that's it. This is all going in. Uh, Sorry, I was doing the charity that was uh, fading away. (laughs) We didn't mention that it had been blown apart by a grenade while it was saying that. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't really have lungs anymore. Oh, poor thing. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Maybe there goes the theory about uh, charging up your Donald Duck voice. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Although, I will say, cheerthy is a hard word to say in the voice. Yeah, that's extra bad. Um, 
Yeah, I'll just practice saying Cheerithy in the Donald Duck voice for a week. Sounds good. We are on co-host at Sounds About Light. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. You can listen to my other podcast, Doctor Huh? Where we watch Doctor Who in a random order. We watched Tooth and Claw, a werewolves episode. That'll be up by the time you hear this. That's exciting. You've got an exciting new uh, F-plus episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can find me on Coast at Achilles Heelys or on Blue Sky, I guess, now at Achilles Heelys as well. Um, yeah, there's a new episode of the F-plus out <laughs> that I'm in uh, where you can t- hear me talk about a very special... Um, I don't know if I want to say it on this podcast, Sam. Just a, a, a very special lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, I'm about halfway through this one. I'm... All I'll say is it's so fascinating to hear Redditors uh, posting authoritatively about human anatomy that they clearly don't understand. <laughs> yeah. There's great poetry, though. So just oh, wait till you get to that. I can't wait for the poetry. Yeah. It'll hopefully be a nice palate cleanser after everything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a grueling episode to record. I'll say that much. <laughs> but it was also my I, fault. It was my fault. I'll, I'll say that here that... I was sitting there, I was like, we haven't done a gross one in a while. How about this one? And and so it's... I actually saw on Discord uh, the link being posted to that document, and I just I just said out loud, oh, no. I remember that. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I mean, people will need to know what the name of the episode is. Uh, yeah, what is it called? I don't remember what it's called. Hold on, I'm this, getting there. This episode is exclusively about butt sex. That's right. Yeah, so you'll figure it out. Your guess is as good as mine. We are hosted on noisebase.xyz with other <laughs> other podcasts. Uh-huh. Like Kamarocho Radio, Yakuza Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth coming soon. Happy New Year. Yay. Yay. It's the year of the dragon, which means they're going to release 500 games this year or something. I just made that up. I'm sorry. I'm lying. I'm doing misinformation. Uh, you can also listen to Zero to Zero. Uh, they're they're on break right now, but they were talking about the Spider-Man uh, Tokusatsu show. Oh yeah, I yeah, I which which has definitely made me want to watch that show. So it's good. Yeah, it it's I've I've only seen a little bit of it, but it looks it looks very good. Check those out. Check out other shows as well. Check out the F Plus. Check out Extra Credit. Was I on one? That's a great question. I'm there sure you the, were. We did the Ask Women episode. I don't remember when that came out. Sometime in the last couple months. As always, Reddit is just an endless fountain of content. Yeah, sometimes the fountain's overflowing, and it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, so, we're taking a plunger to it to try to get it going again. But also, sadly, becoming the only place where you can find certain kinds of information, so I don't know. <laughs> it's so, I literally will be, like, watching Kingdom Hearts for this podcast, and I'll be like, oh, I don't know what was going on here, so I'll, like, Google, like, was where did ephemer such and such and it's just absolutely useless and then the only way that i can get any information is where did ephemer such and such reddit yeah no that's the world we live in now yeah if only i had uh lower standards i could simply go to chat gpt and ask it to make something up for me (laughs) (laughs) you would get an answer that's authoritative and wrong yeah I'll, i'll just do that from now on Great. Every episode begins with 50 apology corners. Well, no, you, well, you have ChatGPT write the apology as well. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Like we say at the end of every episode, Keyblade! Keyblade!
And then also... Nice. Thanks. Yeah. See, that was that was good. It's just that Chirithy is really hard to say. Oh, it's too bad that never happened. Forge the Chirithy. Chirithy. <laughs> when a cat and a purse clash in combat, <laughs> Chirithy is formed. Bye. Bye. I was wrong about Ira. I thought he would make a great leader, but he let me down. Well, what do you two think? You don't believe what Ira said, do you? Of course not. His argument was unconvincing. It's like Inby said. He's just making baseless assumptions given the situation. There's no evidence to tie his accusations to anyone, let alone one of us. <sighs> Maybe there's something he hasn't told us. And he needs to tell us! How dare he look at us with suspicion! We're his comrades! I wouldn't call us comrades. 